When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to what I promise is going to be as fun of a show as we can possibly have. Well, that's going to be a little bit challenging today. Lions 41, Bears 10. Our CHGO Bears postgame show for the first time in 2023 presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Nicholas Moriano, Greg Braggs, Corey Wooten. Uh, on behalf of the Chicago Bears, I would like to apologize that they haven't given me this right, but the, the fa- for any Bears fan that walks that for three hours, congratulations to you. You are a diehard. You should become a CHGO diehard. I have no idea what was going on with the Chicago Bears today. I'm not talking about even literally anything on the field. Sure, they couldn't tackle a single soul. Sure, um, you know, we had the standard great start and the Bears getting in the end zone and a 7-0 lead and then a 10-7 lead. Uh, But the playing of Justin Fields when the game is over, 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 and over is very confusing. Um, We all right? We're all good, Joey? I think maybe your phone's near the uh, near you. I'm not sure. Some some we're getting a little bit. Now we're now we're better. Okay, I was hearing some feedback. Okay, but I I just feel like we were all uh, we we just all lost some whatever intelligence level we're dealing with, and, and you know I'm not saying mine's at the top of the mountain, but we 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 lost some level of intelligence watching. I lost that. my last two brain cells, Corey. <laughs> woot, woot. When would you have ta- when would you have stopped playing Justin Fields? Because I would have stopped playing him right when he started limping off off the amazing run. Right after that drive, yeah. he would have been done. I, I was th- I was thinking about that, especially because the body language on the next drive, and he just seemed like almost like he didn't want to be there. Um, that's kind of kind of the vibe I got from him, and I really didn't get that in any of the games this season. So if I'm the head coach, if if I'm if I'm any of the coaching staffs, so I'm saying, hey, Justin Fields, let's sit him down. This game is meaningless. He's getting his butt kicked in this game. We can't protect. Hey, we've seen everything we needed from him. We just need to get him healthy the next year. Yeah, it was it was different seeing him move after you know the big run. He just didn't seem like he had that that quick explosiveness that we're used to seeing Justin Fields kind of have. And at some point in a in a season that's obviously not going anywhere in terms of playoffs, we all knew that. But it, it was just it was weird to keep seeing him go out there, take the punishment that he was taking. And then, you know, when the Bears inevitably went back on offense after they couldn't stop the Lions, he was back out there. It just didn't make sense. I'm, I'm furious. Honestly, I'm furious to watch him take the hits he took in the first half. 
to watch him play in the fourth quarter down 30, to watch them put him out there with two minutes left in the game, that is ridiculous. It's reckless. It's stupid. It's stupid. And I, it, it honestly pisses me off. You want to play him in the first half, fine. Running a quarterback power on the goal line where he smashes into a brick wall, that, how many QB-designed runs do they have in the first half? It's, it's unacceptable. The Packers game, when he came back from injury, they kept him in the pocket, no sacks, no QB-designed runs, throw it out of bounds when you're in trouble. That should be the game plan. And if your pocket can't hold up, then get him out of the game. He doesn't have the protection or the receivers to get the ball out of his hands. And you expect this guy to just run up and down the, the field and do everything himself to keep the Bears in a game. For what? It's stupid, and I, I'm honestly irate about it. Let, let, okay, let's do the Fields Guide. Might as well start with that because uh, we're we're just uh, we're, we're there. For the Fields Guide brought to you by our friends at Greenridge Farm, Chicago's local meat and cheese company. And they are offering you the all-better, all-natural, delicious option. The all-natural deli meat sausages, their famous meat sticks, meat sticks coming in chicken, black forest beef, and jalapeno cheddar. Listen, when you're walking around your refrigerated section at Costco's, Sam's Club, your local Chicagoland grocery store, look for Greenridge Farm. It'll make your life better. And when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free. Use that code CHGO at checkout. So there you see it. 7 of 20 we've got on the screen. I see 7 of 21. It doesn't matter. 75 yards, a touchdown to Cole That's on me. Kme- uh, t- uh, okay, that's a low fun, Joey. No problem. Doesn't matter. You're totally fine. <laughs> touchdown touchdown to Cole Komet and interception, Aiden Hutchinson. He was sacked seven times for 45 yards. So that's a net uh, passing yards of 30 yards on the day. There's just no way that Justin Fields leaves this game feeling good about it. Like, we're looking for some confidence at the end of the season. We're looking at some digesting of the offense. You can't do any of that when you have no time. And you certainly can't do it when you're dinged up, worried about getting hit. I mean, we could all see it. It was obvious. He was mentally checked out. And I think the last one on third and 19, for whatever reason, he's still out there. Aiden Hutchins is, like, running at him. Aiden Hutchins could have taken his head off. And I think he, I think he just screamed at him, hey, 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 and like finally he just dumps it and he like walks out of bounds like he was. That was the nicest thing anyone's done to did to Fields all day long. Uh, I just didn't, I, I did not get it at all. Hey, guys, I'm just trying to figure out like Eberflus as the head coach. How do you not see that, especially in the second half, right after you started your first drive, things aren't working like you you wanted to. Um, why not? Why not pull him and just say, hey, Justin, listen, we're just gonna pull you. We're gonna sit you down for the rest of the season. Uh, I value you. Things aren't working out with the offensive line, whatnot. Boom, let's just pull you and sit him for the rest of the game. Sit him next week. I thought that would have been a better decision uh, from Eberflus and the Bears because right now, like Bragg said, we're down 31 and he's still in the game. I'm thinking, what? Like, wh- what is going on here? I don't understand how how anybody wasn't in his ear saying, hey, let's pull him right now. Lugetzi, anybody. Saying, hey, let's get him out of here. He's taking too many hits. The offensive line hasn't looked good. I, I just didn't understand that at all. And I think that's negligence to, to do that to your franchise quarterback. You're treating him like he's a quarterback that still has mountains to prove. 
That's exactly right. Anybody, yeah. Because if you were in the playoff hunt, you'd be pulled in that game. If you didn't have anything to be uh, anything else to prove as a good player on the team, not even great, good player on the team, you'd be pulled in that game. It, so it, they're saying, it, you, it, it, I mean, that's their right. actions show he's not good enough. It's, it's you like, got to show more yeah. with two minutes left. It's it's like they don't. It's like they haven't figured it out themselves if he's good enough. So we need to see more. You know that well, the, goes the back. The telecast, to the guy uh, calling the game, said, "Well, this is where you got to find." With two minutes left in the game, he's like, "This is where you got to find out where your quarterback is." What? Down thirty-one, you're not going to figure out anything from your quarterback in that situation. But I think it goes back to just because it's Eberflus. That's what he truly believes in as a head coach. Like all these guys are equal. We have to have good practices on Wednesdays to perform on Sundays. So it all goes back to how he kind of just coordinates and approaches the team and that's wrong it's wrong in this situation right it, it's like it i i if, this is not junior high this is not high school we're not trying to teach lessons these are professionals everyone's competing as hard as they possibly can except for the bears today in the second half when the game was over and it's new year's day and you're three and 13 and the season's over and and they're all like literally looking around like what what are we doing here can i go home and see my family I mean, Wood, I don't know. Can you explain, like, what it's like to be a, a player on that field? I, I don't know. As, as, as a player, if I was a veteran guy in the locker room, I, I would have talked to Iberflus. I would have pulled him to the side and said, listen, we, we, we have to remove him here. I think that's the problem with this team. There's not enough leaders out there, a lot, a lot of veteran guys that, that people really look up to. And, you know, I, I think – when I played, I think if there was if there was something that happened, I think you know Roberto Garza would would have pulled Iberflus to the side and said, "Hey, listen, man, we got to pull him right now. It doesn't make sense at this point, right? Veteran guys that have command of the locker room, and I don't know, maybe maybe that's just the leadership within the locker room. There's not enough leaders, but somebody should have stepped in offensively and said, "No, we we need to." And then Luke Getzey, right? You're the offensive coordinator. You know what Justin Fields can do. You know when he seems healthy, when he doesn't. After that run, he just didn't seem like himself. And I understand playing him a little bit after that, but in the second half, it shouldn't. You should have pulled him. You should have pulled him at this point. He has nothing to prove. He is our quarterback of the future. I think everybody knows that in the organization. So it's just almost like, really? Like Jared Goff got pulled before Justin Fields. What? And people are going to push back on that. They're going to be like, well, you know, his and – I, and I would even slightly push back on it. Like, he does have something to prove in the passing game, but he's not going to be able to prove it when you have nobody to protect him. Right. And, and, and your receivers – I mean, how many receivers caught a football today? Two. Two. Two receivers Two. Did, did What did Chase Claypool do today? Did he catch a pass? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, that's – I mean, that's not good. But, but it's partly, you know, when you, when you have no time, you know, how, how do you – how do you have so any can I ask you success? guys this real quick? Can I ask you guys? So, so Jalen Hurts last year compared to Justin Fields this year. You feel better about Justin Fields compared to Jalen Hurts last year, correct? Yeah. Everybody. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so, and, and Justin Fields has done more with less, right? So, imagine when he actually gets weapons next year, right? That's what that's what I'm just trying to figure out. If if I I don't understand how anybody could not be sold in the organization on Justin Fields, what he's been able to do with with the cast. He arguably has the worst receiving uh, and offensive line in the NFL, and he's still been able to rush for over a thousand, make plays, uh, put the team on his back. So I don't know what he has to prove. Like I don't understand what fans still don't believe it. I don't. I'm hoping the organization believes in it, but this I don't. I, I it's it really has me baffled. 
I'm very confused about this. Tony Daly's in the chat, and I respect Tony. I like Tony. The Irish Bears show, they do a great job over there. Overseas, diehard Bears fans. He asked, what has changed? Lads, the season was over weeks ago. Should they have benched him then? What has changed? Well, what has changed is they have no more. Darnell Mooney is out for the year. Chase Claypool's just coming back from his second injury. injury, Their offensive line is depleted. Tevin Jenkins goes off on the first play. He's been hurt with a neck injury. Uh, Schofield goes out with an injury. You're playing with backups to backups. You're, this is equivalent to when you put Justin Fields in harm's way last year in the preseason and had him play in the second half with a bunch of guys that weren't going to make the team. You're essentially dealing with that with the back end of this roster because it's a depleted roster. There's injuries across the board. The defense cannot stop anybody. So now you've got him playing shootouts that he has to keep up with essentially by himself. And then the number one reason, the injury. He got injured against the Atlanta Falcons. He hurt his shoulder. They held him out a week. They they came back with, I thought, a protection plan of how they were going to use him. He's had cramps. He's had tired legs. He is getting hit on every single play, and you are at the end of the season. Nobody was suggesting sitting him in the middle of the year. We are at the end of the year. Depleted roster, he's getting killed, he's clearly tired, he's hurt. It's common sense, people. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of pushback on it at this point, it just the, except for on the Bears coaching staff, apparently. And that, you know, I, and I've seen it in the chat, and I've seen it on Twitter, and I've seen it in my head. Uh, the hits principle is uh, asleep right now. <laughs> so, they, you... I, it's the optics of the defense right now is just I mean you can't you can't look worse than Jamal Williams just I mean I think literally anybody right now there are there are high school running backs out there who are running 5.4s who think that they could get into the end zone against the Bears defense right now it's it was just so the physicality is 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 missing the 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 mind the just the body language is off so I I don't I don't know. It just it, this 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 one does just it feels awful on a lot of levels. Braxton, so, we can, so why don't we play? Some, well, we can play some blame game here. But go ahead, we'll, you can start our blame yeah, game. I was, I was, I, I was going to say before before we get in the blame game next week. I'm telling you, if they play Justin Fields in this last game, I'm going to be very disappointed in this coaching staff. After after you know, Tevin Jenkins potentially is probably going to be out next week. Schofield's going to be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braxton Jones got absolutely dominated today by what I thought was a, a talented pass rusher, mm-hmm. but he's only six foot, 245 pounds. Danielle Hunter, the biggest freak of nature next week. And, uh, and yeah, like, I, I'm telling you, they should sit him next week. Like, if, if they do not sit Justin Fields, I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed at Ivan Flus and Ryan Poles and, and this whole coaching staff. Speaking of being disappointed, and, and maybe this, this, is, this is hindsight. I didn't say it, and I should have said it, but – Tevin Jenkins goes out last week, carted off the field in this very scary injury. Okay, like, are you are you paralyzed? Like moment, like he, I mean, it was a, it was a it was a terrifying moment. And he's okay. He makes it through. That's sweet. This season's over. This is your best offensive lineman. You're throwing him out there the next week, and then he he lasts all of what three plays, uh, and. I don't. It should have been said ahead of it, but the the way that went, 
it was it's got to be clear that that was a, that was a miscalculation. He shouldn't have been out there. At, at this at this point in the season, if somebody's if somebody's not close to a hundred percent, you don't play him. And it seemed like Tevin Jenkins probably wasn't close to a hundred percent at this point, especially a neck injury. You know, you got to take that serious, and especially your your Pro Bowl caliber guard of the future. You don't want to waste it on games that don't matter. So, th- this coaching staff in in, in this week and, and what they did, I was I was pretty high on Eberflus. I'm I'm very down on him because of this. I I, I think you, it could have been a bad situation with Justin Fields. The hits he took uh, probably could have got him concussed, uh, got him rolled up in a couple of plays. It, it was just very bad QB power. Like Bragg said, it it's really disappointing, man. It, it really is. I mean, can you imagine? Let's just say, for argument's sake, somewhere in that fourth quarter, he's scrambling away, and all of a sudden, maybe he's not even touched, but he gets caught on that turf and blows out his Achilles. That's a. I mean, it shouldn't be about the result, but at that point, you would be having the conversation: Is that a fireable offense? So him being out there, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, and no one's firing flus and whatnot, but, but him being out there is so unbelievably reckless. I, I, and I get that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to build this culture, tough, tough you, right, like, but come on, man. These, guys, these, yeah. these, are, these are professionals. They wouldn't have been like, oh, what, is, what do you mean you're sitting him? No, not one bear would have said that. Not not especially one bear. about Justin Fields. Right. No. no one would have said or questioned that decision whatsoever. Again, it's just... Iberfu's stuck in his ways, and that needs to change moving forward. Well, it, and, it does. And, Corey, you bring up, you know, a, a, if they had veteran leadership, a captain on the field. I'm sorry, Ryan Poles, you're the, you're the captain of this ship, right? You, you hired Matt Iberflus. So you got to have these conversations going into the week. You got to know what you're – you're the one that gave Matt Iberflus this roster – you can't expect the coach or the players to tank or whatever you're saying or sit or even just sit out of caution, not even tank. You got to you got to be coming up with every variable, every any situation that's going to come up. What are we going to do here? You're allowed to have that conversation with your coach, aren't you? Corey, I mean, to me, I think this is yeah. a Ryan Poles thing where he's got to come down and talk to Matt about this going into next week. Or or is he – Corey, do you think he's supposed to stay out of this and let the coach be the coach? It just makes me think that maybe Eberflus doesn't think he has his job for next year or something like that. Like he was trying to play for something uh, like his job security almost, like like try, trying to win this game or make it competitive. It's weird. Like, you would think that him and Poles have that relationship where he could go talk to him and say, hey, let's shut him down at this point. Like, because Poles essentially is the captain, right? He decides if Iberflus is going to be here or not, right? So he reports to him. So if I, I was Poles during the game, I would have called down and said, hey, take him out right now. Nope. He's the franchise guy. So I don't know. Everything I've heard from Poles, Iberflus seems like Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. I, th- I thought it had been clear. But now people are speculating, oh, is, is he not the quarterback of the future? I, I don't know. It's just – I just think it was just – I don't know what happened today. Like, you, do you think maybe Iberflus is, is thinking his job is not safe? I, see, that, that, that feels so crazy. Like, yeah, they're, they're, you're, you're, you're not that. going anywhere. I, and, and Jake Flanagan with a good comment here with – it's I, a reminder. We are 73 days to free agency, 118 <laughs> to the draft. This is going to feel different in the offseason. This will mm-hmm. just be a blip. But – the concern is that there is one more game, and yeah. 
you, 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 you don't want to be the person that is, or the kid that has got the marshmallow at the campfire and thinks he can get it super close and hopefully he'll be, it'll, you know, cook right, but you might, you might burn it. You, you don't, that's really a terrible analogy, but you get, you get the point. This is not a risk worth taking. There's no perfect ending to this season that is available where Fields throws some incredible touchdown pass and he walks off the field like this and yes, we grew and this was a great year and we can all feel good going into the offseason. They don't need that moment. It's not coming. So plan accordingly. That's just, yeah. just take your take your lumps. You made it this far. And, you and, competed and there's, all there's, season. There's plenty of wins. There's plenty of tape that you can look at, and and okay, okay, we well, this was the year, and we're moving forward. Period. End of story. No hanging your head. No nothing. No lack of confidence. We're moving forward. But don't we don't need some great end of the year epiphany that's going to help us push into 2023. And you know, what, guys, real quickly, just I'm um, all this talk about like next week. And what the Bears can gain by actually playing Fields, just going. It, it reminded me of what Field or Eberflus said earlier in the week. What can be gained in these last two games? And here's a quote that he, he said about Justin. I just think that when you're a quarterback, you're going to have adversity during the course of the season. Yeah, Justin's had all these guys out. Guys are not catching passes. Uh, your offensive line's in flux. You're going to have some linemen out. You're going to have some skill sets. They aren't going to be there. And he's got to figure that out. In that part right there, he's got to figure that out. I wonder if you're Matt Eberflus, okay, this is a good teaching moment for Justin Fields. Let him go out there and play without his star or his wide receivers, his offensive linemen, because he can learn something. But in actuality, what we just saw in the Detroit game, it's doing more harm than good. He's taking all these unnecessary hits because he has to hold the ball longer. Nobody's open. And nobody's really and, – and you're absolutely right. And I believe you're on point with it's just – Matt, Matt, I almost said Nagy, Matt Eberflus <laughs> and just the way he wants to coach. I don't think he thinks mm-hmm. his uh, job is on the line, and nobody's talking about creating bad habits is another aspect of it. Not only are you putting him in harm's way, but you could potentially be creating bad habits by putting him behind an offensive line he doesn't trust and wide receivers that he can't. Uh, feel the chemistry with that knows he can complete certain passes and where they're going. Yeah, you got to work on things, but half of these guys he's not going to be working on with here in about a week and a half. So what are you really doing? Yeah, we need Chase Claypool and him to get chemistry, but the rest of this offensive line, he ain't going to be playing with these guys next year. He better not be. Let's uh, let's go to our blame game and we can take it off the coaching staff and just kind of maybe look around the field as well. Uh, Blame game. Ladies and gentlemen, in the, <laughs> we've already been doing it. Forty-one ten, Lions over the Bears. Woot, who uh, who were you outside of the coaching staff, perhaps? Who were you looking at today? Braxton Jones. I mean, he got absolutely manhandled. Grown man over there, James Houston. He's only six foot, two forty-five, two fifty at the most. I mean, completely depleted him three or four times. I mean, it was bad. He. Braxton Jones sacked Fields. It wasn't Houston. He he pancaked them in the fields, and Braxton Jones himself had a sack on Fields. You know, and this it's is a guy I've been high on. But I told you, I told you, Braxton Jones' strength is not there. Like, he's he is very weak when he sets. He can't anchor against the power rush. And he struggled all day out there. And, 
it's definitely disappointing, uh, you know, to see that because that's somebody I was high of. But I think we need to invest a lot more in the offensive line than I thought, right? I was really big on the defensive line. But at this point, I think we might need four new potential positions uh, at the offensive line, you know, left left tackle, left guard, potentially center, potentially right tackle. Um, you know, Tevin Jenkins, hopefully he's okay for the future. But I think he's the only one that's a mainstay at this point right now. And let's be honest, we don't we don't know about Tevin yeah. just because of the physical side of it and whether or not he can stay on the field. Uh, that that's where I was wondering if you were going to go there, Woot. Like, are we officially now on? Well, I don't know if Braxton Jones can be your left tackle mode. Like, may which you don't have a whole lot of time to play with. And I think the answer to the, that question is going to be yes, at least one more year and an off season of he hopefully puts on twenty to thirty pounds of muscle and gets that base a whole lot stronger but you know it's it's he'll be under the microscope next year uh, this is is, is for sure fair way nick who do you got blame game you know i'm gonna put it on uh just wide receiver separation is how i'm gonna look at it for the blame game because a lot of the times where justin fields had those third down runs they're in passing situations but because nobody was open or maybe braxton jones is giving up pressure he has to escape and he has to try to do something try to do it all on his own but it's just the lack of separation. Just even when Dante Pettis had an opportunity to catch a third down catch, goes right through his hands. That's happened the past two weeks yep. for, for Dante Pettis. But just the consistency at the wide receiver position. Like, obviously, we just talked about maybe the Bears need four new offensive linemen. They could probably use four more wide receivers. They could probably use a bunch of yep. uh, new guys on the offense. And just in one offseason, I think it becomes a little bit more scary to think about everything the Bears need to do next offseason where they have a lot of capital they have draft picks all that but there's so much that needs to be done and I look at the wide receivers Corey you said on the pregame show uh new year's resolution you want to get Justin Fields a dude he absolutely <laughs> needs a dude at the wide receiver position moving forward that can you know hopefully mitigate how bad this offensive line is if you know that you can have a guy that you can trust like that and, and Nick you talked about getting a number one right and I think Darnell Mooney, you know, when he had Allen Robinson a couple seasons ago, he really came alive, went over a thousand. So Darnell Mooney can definitely fit that number one, the number two role for sure. Um, we got to see what we have with Claypool, if he can potentially be that or number three. Um, but yeah, we definitely need the number one. So I feel confident in Darnell Mooney when he's healthy, when he has a number one receiver. Even the threat of Allen Robinson a couple years ago really got him open. Yeah, we all know where my blame game's going. That is to Matt Eberflus. No, I ain't calling out Luke Getze for putting Justin Fields in harm's way. I don't care that he calls the plays. You're the head coach, right? Yeah, we all said with Matt Nagy, oh, you want to be you know, the, the CEO of your sideline. Don't worry about one side of the wall, ball. Be the CEO. Now we got our CEO, and he's standing out there watching you know, his most valuable asset you know, take hit after hit after hit and not protecting that that asset. Unacceptable. Anybody, you know, that thinks it is, is misguided. I'm you, sorry. You didn't follow the rules. No coaches. Got to have a player. I got to have a player. I don't, yeah. I, I put on multiple I, players. <laughs> I, it's a hard one to pick because I'm sitting there trying to figure out who I'm picking, and I have no idea. But you, you I'll give you the cheat. That's fine. We've, you go. Well, you I, go? I'll figure. Just defensive line, just just pull them all into one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's fair. Uh, 
I, my, my guy, I, I saw you out there. It was, it was, a, it was a moment to remember um, for Dom Rob. He, he got to the quarterback. <laughs> I was so proud of him. We haven't seen it since week one. Uh, and Justin Jones got to the quarterback. Oh, they gave, did they give the sack to Travis Gibson? They, they did. They gave they it to did. Gibson. Yep. Yep. My guy didn't get there. Well, then I'm going to have to put it back on Dom Rob. Not for the sack where I was going, but there, there was that one tackle down the field on the third and 18 where the play after the sack. it was there was a play after the sack. The Bears defense for one second at least was going to look capable. Yeah, I, I know it was going to go away whether he didn't make the sack or not, but on a third and 18 draw, they let him pick up however many it was first down plus and Dom Rob was right there. Missed that tackle. It's, it's one thing to not get to the quarterback. It's another thing to get blocked off the play and then you're right in the lane to make the tackle and you can't do it. That ain't great. So all right, I figured my player out. Okay. You know, the defense definitely let go of the rope today. First time I feel like they have all year. I could easily go to Jaquan Brisker. He had a few missed tackles that led to touchdowns. But I got to also understand that they've been playing with a hand tied behind their back. So I ain't going there. I'm going to go to Cole Komet. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. It was wide open. He had a drop. But when he had a second and eight throw to the sideline, he dropped it. And if we're going to talk about protecting our quarterback, you got to help him out too. And when he gets the throw, he delivers the pass. You got to catch it. Because I'm sure on the next play, he got his head knocked off. I can't remember because my head is spinning currently. <laughs> but it, Cole Komet, you want to get paid this offseason? You've had some flashes, but I don't know what money he thinks he's going to get this offseason. But you got to make those easy catches. Yeah, you're wide open, but you also got to make those contested catches as well if you want to get that money that, you, that you're going to be asking for. This offseason. There, there's so no doubt. This is, this is the third year, right? Cole Komet, this is the third year? Year three, yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to re-up him after after this year. I think they'll they'll wait till after next year. I don't think he's shown enough. I mean, he's flashed at times, but he's not consistent enough to command a new contract, in my opinion. I feel like you have a lot of other needs, and you have him for another year. So I, I wouldn't pay him. Unless you're going to get him on a great deal and, and he's willing to do that, then maybe that would make sense. But, you know, what, what Cole needs to do, he needs to be more efficient. So I, we probably need to get Cole signed up and you signed up in the Comet Energy Efficiency Program, Braggs, uh, where we're helping families and businesses in the communities save money and energy. Comet's offering a free facility assessment that can help find energy-saving opportunities, lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Cole, I still believe in you. I do. Uh, but just tighten it up just to drop here. Become more efficient. Save yourself some money, too. Uh, and don't wait, by the way. Get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz or call them during business hours, 855-433-2700. Or you can send the Comed Energy Efficiency Program representative an email at business at comed.com. Business. At comment.com. Oh, boy. Efficiency matters. We're so far from that even mattering as far as a Bears win, but we would, efficiency would help.
efficiency, you know, it also would help. What else? What, yeah, we we can not look at this stuff is what would help. Yeah, no, that that would be good. Brick, uh, brick but no, I'm, I'm just going to... Shady Rays would help you guys. I'm not, Shady that's Rays what I'm saying. Get some Rays. Uh, they're premium polarized shades featuring world, world-class world optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles care to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one... They told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, drop them, off, drop them off a lake, crush them after watching the Bears get blown out by the Lions, whatever. They got you. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality. I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever owned. Shady Ray's customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Ray's is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all the newest and best shades. So f- let's uh, move along to our tankathon here and just take a look at uh, where we are sitting as it did not really go the Bears' way today, even though they did their part convincingly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the Jaguars walloped the Texans 31-3, to so Houston sits at 2-13-1, ahead of the Bears at 3-13 with one game to go elsewhere. Uh, Got Denver and Arizona up there on the graphic there, yeah, Mark. Yep, yeah, both 4-12. Both four four Unfortunately, the Broncos... We're awful close, uh, but Kansas City pulls it out 27-24, and the Arizona game was super painful because the Cardinals were able to grab victory or grab defeat from the jaws of victory, losing to the Falcons at the horn 20-19, to so a bummer. And, and the Colts, um, yeah, that didn't happen either uh, for Indianapolis today as Indy goes down to the Giants 38-10. to Congratulations to Brian Dable and the New York Giants for getting into the playoffs. Yeah, guys, um, what needs to happen? Obviously, the Bears will face the Minnesota Vikings in Week 18. Bears need to lose that. They're doing their job. They did a great job today against the Detroit Lions. And then it's going to be Houston who will have the Indianapolis Colts in Week 18. And watching the Colts and what they're doing, it doesn't look like they're trying to win either. So if if Houston were to win that game, that would be great for the Bears. They would be in contention again to get that number one overall pick. But... The Bears are doing their part. They're losing games. The worst the Bears can pick is fourth, right? Or can Indy jump us? They, I think they get a top five. Yeah, so. Oh, maybe Brax, they ain't winning this game. We're we going we gonna to be number two and number one at this point. That's fine. I mean, they up until this game, and I know Adam's excited to take no, his yeah. victory well, lap on the I called it. <laughs> but up until this game, they have competed in every game. That includes the Bills, the Jets, or the, the Jets, Eagles. the Bills, the Eagles, the Dolphins. You know, they've been in a lot of these games. And so it was, to me, a valid concern. Yeah, they're going to mm-hmm. lose like – they've been losing like this every week. I wouldn't have said a word about the prospects of losing. So, yeah, uh, Rob Schwartz is putting up in the chat. Eberflus saying <laughs> Justin Fields will and play that, next week, which is and, and, no surprise. If we had exactly. taken a poll, I don't think yeah. any of us would have predicted he would have said the other way. Exactly. No surprise. He is not. What do you this, have to gain, though, Carm? Like you treat this I, like a bowl game. Uh, <laughs> pre- preaching to the choir, Woot. I, I, 
I'm not. I'm not saying you, you're disagreeing with me. I'm, I'm just airing out my frustration. So I'm sorry if it, it came across like I was mad at you. I'm mad at Eberflus right now. You treat this like a bowl game, 100%, right? In the last game, nobody plays. Why? Because they're thinking about the future, and that's what he should do with Justin Fields. Well, I'm curious how you think that resonates in the locker room. Are they like, oh, sweet, that's our guy. We're, of course he's playing. We're trying to win this game. This game matters. Or are they like, dude, what are you doing? That's our franchise. I, 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 say, I, I'll tell you what the last game of the season is, right? Everybody's like this. I just want to get through the game, be injury-free, and think about where I'm going on vacation. That's what people are thinking about. They already got you know, their especially flights. <laughs> you already got your flight yeah. booked, right? Exactly. And people are talking about rushing record. I, I couldn't care less about his rushing record, right? I, I couldn't. You know, it would be cool to get, but at this point, if you're sacrificing his health to get a record that's going to be meaningless, if this is your franchise guy that you feel great about in the future and he can lead you to a Super Bowl and be contenders every year, a rushing record in the scheme of things means nothing. And you know what? I know Justin Fields entertained that idea about the rushing record a couple right. of weeks back, but he cares so much more about actually winning than any record that he might break in the process. And right now, like, winning is, is the furthest thing that this team could do, like, I mean, just because of the roster. Well, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I do agree that I think winning comes over everything for him, but I did think he kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit there because he always says that he's good at saying the right things. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and I think there it was a like a little bit of a fraudulent slip. Like, yeah, I want that record. True. Like, he probably doesn't want to, like, I'm outwardly I'm sure promote he does. it. I'm but, sure he does. Yeah. Who wouldn't want the record? He's He needs 64 yards to get it. Uh, so Get that on get one run, the half, then get yeah. him out of the game. Right, but so that's the thing. Like, okay, let, let's just say for arguments like Fields is going to say what he says, which is I'm good to go. You know he's saying that. And then Flus is going to do what Flus does. Well, of course he's playing. We're not even considering that. And then let's just say for argument's sake that in the fourth quarter, down 20 to the Vikings, he crosses over the 64-yard thing. Is he going to hold the ball up and his teammates are going to hug him up like, like it's, it's Walter breaking the record against the Saints back in whatever the year that was and we're all going to jump on Justin Fields? I mean, this is not going to feel like anything. It'll, I mean, he'll say, yeah, oh, I got the record and that's cool and it's great to be a part of history. So, yeah, like that's what's going to – it's not going to feel like anything to anyone. We'll give him a he, big standing ovation at Soldier Field. I mean, they, the guy they, that's is literally true. that's true. That's true. They would. You're right. They would give him a standing ovation. So maybe. May, so maybe. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Maybe, I mean, maybe it'll be. The, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'd love for him to get it. But as as, as long as there is no cost uh, to it, you uh, know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd I'm, rather him sit out. No question. But that's obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, happening. I guess I'm going to do my flip in the moment. He gets it in the third quarter. The Soldier Field he comes to its feet on first. January the eighth. Flus has the opportunity to take him out of the game. He doesn't. So it's like a 28-second ovation, and then we're on to the next play. That's what's going to happen? But that's where yeah, I'm yeah, like, probably. okay, Iberflus <laughs> says that Justin Fields is going to play. I don't know. You know, Nick told us a few when, when Darnell Mooney got hurt, Ryan Poles is behind him in the press box, and he tells this story about how you know, uh, Ryan Poles, you know, curses and slams his hands on the table and gets up and is really upset for his guy, Darnell Mooney. So I don't know how, if I'm watching the game and I'm irate seeing the, the risk that Justin Fields is getting put through, I know that's what he's thinking. That's his guy. 
So how is Ryan Poles not going to come down this week and talk to Matt and be like, hey, I know you want to play, but let's, let's talk about this. I just don't get it. Lost for words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no explanation they for it they, they I just think they would have done it by now. I, I don't think that conversation but, but, is coming. Don't you guys just think with his body language today, it just seemed like this is the first time I've seen Justin Fields like he didn't want to be in there, right? He's That's true. He's hits. That's true. And especially when they had the one sack fumble, right, where he scrambled up to the line, is looking down the field still, and Houston hit his arm for the sack fumble. Um, that was a play where I'm like, that didn't seem like Justin Fields. He just seemed very lackadaisical out there. And I, I just don't know if his head was fully into that game after he took a couple of those hits. Who's going to join us from Detroit? I'll, and I so and I guess Rob is you know people are watching the press conference or seeing Twitter, whatever. I'm not. Sh- I I hope he was asked. Did he perhaps tweak something on the? How long was that run? Sixty some odd yards, whatever yeah. it was. Because it seemed like he got up. He was a little bit hobbled. I think we might have lost. We'll get him back. Uh, he you know he got up. He was a little bit hobbled. He sort of looked around and. After that, he did not look the same. So, to me, it, 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 it almost felt like to me like he something tweaked that was maybe bothering him, and then he was afraid the rest of the game that if he made the wrong move, it was going to be more than a tweak, and, and we we're going to have a real problem. That's what it looked like. And, and I, I, once, you're, once you're afraid that something is going to go on you, your body language is going to be a whole lot different. I can say this as an expert in, on the tennis court uh, and in this old body and always worry that my Achilles is going to blow up. That's what it seemed like, though. I mean, seriously, like he tweaked something yeah. and, he, and he was afraid. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, like, after that long run, run, he went when they zoomed in on him. He just looked like uh, he just had that look on his face where you're like, what's going on with him? Um, and then after that, it just seemed very lackadaisical. We didn't see the same sense of urgency with Justin Fields. Wouldn't you guys agree? doubt about it like on that first drive he was leaning on what the the uh field camera like he just looked exhausted too like after that big run that mark was just talking about so clearly uh this is a guy like earlier said that his legs were feeling heavy like it's a lot he's he's done a lot this season and now going finally into the last game of of the 2022 regular season it's like yeah it's gonna start to wear on him and i feel like we're kind of seeing that bits and pieces as the season's finally come to an end this is a kind of a, I mean, maybe they're already having this, but I think this is kind of a sobering moment for mostly, I would think, Ryan Poles, who I think is well aware of where he's at. But, like, to see this in action, like, you know, Flus is talking, these are big games. These are division games. Okay, let's just let's, let's take that on, on, at, at the face of it. This was a big game. You were playing a Lions team that was fighting for the playoffs. They had everything to play for, and you guys were – playing for the hits principle and playing for pride and playing for development. Well, you got smoked. You lost 41 to 10. You showed that for a team like Detroit, who's not elite, you were nowhere close to their level. And I, I asked the question on Twitter and we were having, and, and, yeah. and, and Kevin, um, you know, we talked about it on pregame and like at the beginning of the game, he's like, he's like, I don't know if you're right about that. Like w- which roster would you rather have the bears or the lions? And, so I tweeted, like, would you rather be the Bears? We've got fields. Would you rather be the Lions? We have a lot more. Uh, we have an offensive line that can protect our quarterback. We have a quarterback behind that offensive line. Eh, 
He, he looks pretty decent throwing the football. He's been he's awful efficient. We got a lot of young talent on this team. We got some receivers on this team. Like I, I would rather be the Bears because I think you know, if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, you, you got to have the elite guy. And if everything comes together, okay, you've got the quarterback, so you're better set up. But you can certainly make an argument for the Lions. Like who knows if the Bears are going to hit it. A very good argument. You you you'd, you'd probably be making the correct argument if if you had to bet your life savings on who's going to be more successful in the next couple of years. Detroit's had a very impressive turnaround from one and six, and they they shouldn't have been one and six to begin with. They lost a lot of t- close games. That this 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 Lions team should already be in the playoffs. And I mean, this game just highlighted how much the Bears need to do. We're, we've kind of been talking about that throughout the entirety of the show, but there is no pass rush. They can't stop the run. You can't block quarterback he has nobody to throw to like all those things the Lions are they're they're feeling pretty good about that even around Jared Goff right now so I know like there's a lot of optimism in 2023 and I think there's still optimism amongst you know this panel here but like there's just a lot that needs to go the Bears way it really they need to pick the right draft picks they need to get the right free agents you need you know stack good decisions on top of good decisions for Ryan Poles but there is a lot to be done, and a lot needs to go right. And if it doesn't, you don't get hit that number one wide receiver. You don't get someone that can rush the passer. You're still going to see a lot of the holes that are that were showing up this season show up in 2023. Yeah, but I think these last few weeks could skew like our original mindset halfway through this season when we still had Darnell Mooney, when we still had Sandlocker, and we still had – you know, uh, Jalen Johnson, and still had this crappy offensive line that's yeah, not even going to be here next year. I hear, I, I, I hear you. I, to me, they don't need to hit on every single hole. They just need to be calculated on the holes they do hit, and it's a trickle down effect. You got like he said, like Corey said, when it, yeah, Chase Claypool's not playing well right now. But when Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool were on the field together for the couple games they were, they put up thirty points a game. So it's a trickle-down effect. It's the same thing on the offensive line or defensive line. You put a few pieces next to some guys that are Joes. You get some pros next to some Joes, and the trickle-down effect all of a sudden, you know, you don't necessarily have to fill every hole is my point. Depth is certainly a concern, but it doesn't matter. I'll tell you five positions, five positions we need to hit on for sure next year. We need two offensive tackles. We need a pass rusher a defensive end, we need a three technique, and we need a number one receiver. Those are the non-negotiable for next year. Mm-hmm. Everything else could be built out in the process over another year, but it has to it has to hit on, on those positions right there for next year. So you're completely out on Braxton Jones now. I, I, I don't know, man. After today, getting dominated by a guy that weighs 245 pounds. Uh, it's not a good look. I don't know. It's not a good look at all. Like, I mean, depleted like three times. I don't know. It's, it's... <laughs> that game and the Washington game were the two he got beat the worst in. Uh, yeah, I... but, but Sweat Sweat is 6'6", 275 pounds. Like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Houston, Houston is 6'2", is 245. Come on. I don't even know if he's six foot. He might be five. I mean, when when a former NFL defensive lineman uh, on the show just puts it like that, I just I can't help but laughing. Like depleted. That's football players watching. Like, dude, this little guy just puts you on your ass. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, and it didn't just happen once. You weren't just off balance. 
he he kept on coming back to the well. I like I like the concept of Braxton Jones gaining weight and getting to the next level, but uh, I think it's how thing. it's not a sure thing. It's not, but I like I, I also think like Woot, they have so many needs. I just don't know. Like he's down the list from where they got to go. I'll still stay with the defensive line. You cannot play football next year with the way the Bears are playing football defensively. You just absolutely can't do it. You have no chance. No. We weren't saying that until this week. That's Bill, not true. That is Bill's not true. The Bills game and the Eagles game, the secondary was playing really well. They did play better. And before Sam, Sam Bourne got hurt, he was filling we, some gaps. But hold on. We've been saying every single week, like uh, they have that, that, no they pass that, rush. That literally, we've you been could saying that since you, could, you said that before the year started. Right, you could st- you could sit back there, make scrambled eggs, then grill a burger, and 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 put the ribs on the grill too. Like th- this, we've been saying this for weeks, and everyone's been saying this is no genius here. Like they 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 have to get some pressure on the quarter. You can't win. Like, yeah, you can't not, win like that in the I'm high not, school level. Yeah, you get a D tackle and a D end, whichever one's coming free agency. Then you get the other one draft. with your number two pick in the draft, potentially, unless you're trading back. We'll find the, out about the, all that. I, those two, I oh. think if you get a D tackle and a D end. That, right. To me, that's, but those are needs one and You have two. your whole secondary. You bring Sandlocker back. Yeah. And uh, to oh. me, that's a defense right. that can uh, compete. What, what about the other linebacker positions? I mean, I think you can plug and play. I mean, yeah, of course, I'd love to get another guy. I'm not, I'm, I just think that they can compete just from those two alone and plug and play the rest. I, I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be the best defense in football, but I'm just going off of what I've seen this year. They just get a little bit of a pass rush. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel like night and day. They've played the whole year without – they have uh, 10 sacks on the year. We're, we're agreeing. We're, we're 100% agreeing. You think the secondary played good this year? How in the hell did this secondary even develop under that kind of lack of pass rush? Secondary – had no they help have today. developed. They, they had no help today, but they were awful. Of course, uh, they're uh, done. It, it, it was it, it wasn't good. Uh, all right, hoax 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 coming up. But God, uh, I'm pissed off. You're, you're all right. <laughs> you're, you're good. Uh, but first, Nick Moriano has something that he really, really, really wants to tell you about game time tickets because I, I need to go to. I, I'm I couldn't be more excited about going to see the Northwestern Wildcats play the Ohio State Buckeyes tonight at, at Welsh Ryan Arena. Let's let's get the Big Ten home like a- home opener. I I need to see some different sports after this one, in my in my in the world of sports for me. Let's go get some cat basketball. But what else? And wow, expensive. Last call for Wildcat basketball. Go ahead, Nick. Yes, yes. Uh, so game time, as Mark was just talking about, is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could. 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the game time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets for the last game of the year because game time is created by the fans for the fans and it guarantees the lowest price. And if you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. You're looking for uh, cheapest for Hawks tonight, 323 row nine, one seat, 66 bucks. Not bad. Sharks and Blackhawks. What, what do you got over there, Briggs? I got to tell you about the fans. 
the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, Corey Wooten, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday night. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. And right now, new customers can bet just $5, Mark Carmen, on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use CH, use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nick. Yes. I did it. Without, I I, I that did really that good. very angrily. You did. You you, very you, you 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 had a lot of passion. It, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sure. Yep. Let's give our king of the game. Yep, there he is. Absolutely. There. Congratulations, Jamal Williams. We were going to give it to you, the Bear fan, uh, but then we for anybody who sat through this and is hanging out with us right now, you you absolutely are the king of the game. But uh, Jamal ran wild today. Twenty-two carries, one hundred and forty-four yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and we're getting a little bit of feedback there. I'm not sure where that's Breaking coming from. Stream. You're all right there, Braggsy. Was that you? It's uh, not me. I, I know. I, I know it wasn't. <laughs> the, the Bears as a whole today, uh, yeah, gave up 265 yards on the ground. 144 to Williams, 78 to Swift. Jameson Williams had 40 himself. Man, oh, man, oh, man. And 200, uh, um, 255 yards receiving. Is that good, Woot? Can you break that down for me? Is that is that is that a good stat? <laughs> uh, it's a good stat for them. <laughs> Terrible for us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we 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 got to improve so much on the pass rush, and I think everything today comes from the defensive line. It's all a rushing cover. I talked about that Tampa two, and it's hard for the secondary to cover when they're getting no pressure at all. So I think if we could really rebuild the the defensive line, I think it'll make things a lot better. Uh, for the linebacking core and the secondary, because this really thrives on dominant defensive lines. You look at all the teams that are competing, top Eagles, um, you know, the 49ers, they have some really dominant defensive lines, and they've done that through the draft and free agency over the past couple of years. So you have to do that. Uh, Ryan Poles, we have a lot of needs, but, yeah, defensive line is is definitely a big one. So not now, Chubbs. Uh, Focus. Chubbs, Chubbs says something about Patrick yeah, Kane. He just focus, Chubbs. Not now. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> they did look like a scout team. And, uh, again, Hoke's coming up. Um, I love you, Chubbs. Just, I love you, Chubbs, too. I'm, I'm, just foc- I'm looking at this one tweet. Matt Eberflus said that Justin Fields will start week 18 if healthy. There were discussions about taking him out, but Eberflus said getting the in-game experience was still valuable. Can you, can you imagine 
you guys have your conversation over there. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you? Me and Woot will talk. Can you imagine Woot that they that they discussed this? They're having a moment of discussion. Do you think we should take him out? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. You know what? This would be really valuable to leave him in here with five minutes to go. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely right. Let's send him back out there. Can you? I can't even. I can't imagine. Like it, it, at least there's a, a, a sign. Well, okay, they 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 did discuss it. But then they came up with the epiphany, the reasoning. Yeah, no, let's send him back out there. Hits principal bears. I don't get it. I don't. Does anybody nah, get it? I, I, I call BS on that for a second, right? Because if you're a coach that understands everything that's going on, you see the body language, you see how he's moving, how he's looking. You, you pull him to the side. You talk to him. Hey, how you doing? How are you feeling? You talk to the training staff because they were stretching around. How is he doing? What's going on right here? You try to figure out everything that's going on. So I feel like they didn't do a good job of of talking talking that whole situation through because he should have he should have been taken out for sure in the second half. After that first drive, he should have been taken out. Can I ask so, one more question too? Yeah, I, 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 let me just ask one. I I got it that he got he got dinged up on the run today, but this has been a thing all season long. The Bears come out first drive of the game, they look fantastic. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go down and get points. Best in the NFL. 12 out of 16 games they have scored on their opening drive, another touchdown today. And then all of a sudden, poof, the offense just goes away. I don't get it. I, if, if somebody can explain that to me. I, I, how did they I'll get explain that? it to you right away, right? <laughs> the scripted plays. That's what it is. The first 10 to 15 plays are scripted. That's why it looks great, right? Because he's going at their tendencies, what they usually run, and he, he targets that. And then what happens after that? Adjustments. So Luke Getze hasn't been doing a ju- good job of adjusting, right? The other teams have a, have been adjusting better. So he's got he's got to work on that for sure because in the ebbs and flows of games, they start giving you different looks, you know, different schemes, stuff that maybe you didn't see in, in film. So Getze's got to do a better job of, of changing as, as the ebbs and flows of a game go through. I agree, but also <laughs> what was the big play that got him down there this week? Or for this opening drive today, on the first opening big, drive, yeah, big run. the pitch, oh, the pitch. Yeah. The, that was Cole Komet. Yeah, they motion Cole Komet in under center. First Fields is in shotgun formation. They motion Komet over. He goes under center, and then he pitches it to Justin Fields, who runs for like thirty-five yards or whatever it was. And it's like that's not sustainable. He, you can't expect. So when they were scoring thirty points a game. He was running for all four quarters and making your offense look real good. Yeah, their opening drives have have looked nice. They've had some nice throws here or there. But the majority of it is also Justin Fields running, which you can't expect him to do for an, the entirety of the game. It was 30, 31 yards for the record. And, and I, it's, it's in Carm's notes, which we'll, we'll get to this. But it's also right under there. Cole Komet pitched to Fields 31 yards. Uh, Montgomery a great block, mm-hmm. and then there's five of the first six plays. Fields is getting hit. Yeah, that's how the game started. Too. And yeah. It was it was a ticking time bomb. No, it went off on the second drive, basically. Like, yeah. I, I just, if you could script if you could script up the start of the game, you, you you telling me that you can't have adjustments throughout the game? You're smart enough to do that. You can't figure out how to adjust during the game. Exactly, and think about how many boots they ran after Aiden Hutchinson was just waiting for that play. Yeah. Like they ran like five or six boots and I'm like, yo, after the first two times when he stayed at home and it didn't work, 
Why are you running it back to him? The whole week they're thinking we have to stay at home. We have to set the edge for Justin Fields. So they had a really good game plan, you know, for, for Luke Getze in this offense and Justin Fields. So hats off to them because, you know, last game against the Lions, they really struggled to contain Fields. So, um, yeah, but I just didn't understand why we didn't change the game planning after he stayed at home on two of those boots. Oh, let's run another boot. Okay, he's at home again. Let's run another boot. Okay, let's and let's keep it going because may, maybe the sixth time he won't stay at home. Like, I, I just didn't understand that. What was Khalil Herbert's numbers on the day? Why don't they run him more? Instead of making Justin Fields run all, take all these carries. Five carries, 31 yards. Five carries for 31 yards. And one of which yeah, one, was a 24. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one 20-some-odd-yard carry. They have two running backs, David Montgomery and, and Khalil Herbert. Run them. They're your horses. You know Let what? them run. Yeah, you know, you guys, I don't know. I would have to go back and watch each game just to in-depthly, in but the Bears' offense has only looked good when Justin Fields has actually had a good rushing game, right? Like, when you look at when he was breaking records, the Bears were putting up 30-plus points yep. a game. That's, that's the next step to see in 2023. Like, you've mentioned it. Justin Fields is say he's not going to want to run for 1,000-plus yards rushing every season. Right. We need to figure out what this offense can be when you don't have that component where he just has to drop back and pass, but also you need the guys to block for him. You need receivers for him to actually throw to. And get open. And get open. And that's the thing for Luke Getze. It's like you're almost taking advantage of the great ability that Jess Fields has. So it's um, it's something that needs to be we, it needs to be seen still. What is this offense? It's what like can this offense be? without Justin Fields just rushing and creating plays when nothing's there. Just like Jalen Hurts from, from last year to this year, yep. right? They, they got a big weapon in Brown, and it's made, and Smith had another year of experience. It's made a huge difference because he didn't have to rely on his legs as much. He can use them when it's open and, and take what the defense is giving you, but it doesn't have to be, okay, that's our game plan. We're going to do all these own reads. So hopefully we get that dog or receiver. If you're talking – if, if what do you think the conversation is this week with, with Getze and Fields? Like, hey, man, I just want to let you know that I appreciate how far you've come this year. I, I appreciate the way you've competed. I appreciate the way you've stepped up as a leader. I appreciate your talent. I appreciate how you've been patient. And... uh Thanks for everything, and we'll see you. I'll go go down to Aruba right now. I don't know, like, like what? Do you, like, I I think do you, do you have to? See, I wonder if he needs to be at least slightly built back up after the body language that we saw today. Is, is where I'm going. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe he's just a confident yeah, Justin Fields. I think there and that's should be it. a conversation between them two, uh, just because he's they're both going to be there next year. So you you just got to be on the same page and just just make it be known that like. Hey, like you said, I appreciate everything you've done. You put the team on your back. You've really uh, come alive this season, and uh, you know let's let's try to finish this strong and 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 keep 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 you good. Like, I'm, I mean, there is not literally one person in the city that didn't tweet and or have a thought today about having to, of taking Justin Fields out. People who <laughs> people who would never even criticize the Bears in a million years were saying, "Can we get Fields out of there?" That's going on everywhere. Yet the head coach of the Chicago Bears isn't doing it. I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. He's, he's definitely injured. How is anybody going to say he's not injured, though? He is injured. 
Like yeah, he's he, he's yes. not he's not to the point where he couldn't play if the game was on the line and this mattered. But at this point, he's not a hundred percent. Could you could you all agree on that? I mean, it's like oh, you absolutely. Know, it's it's like the people that watch the show. Carm, you're old. Yeah, okay, whatever. You can see the gray hairs. Like you you got it. You figured it out. Like Fields limping when he gets up. Like okay, you're not hundred percent. We got it. Like, this we you do not need to be. Uh, Bill Belichick in his prime or Bill Walsh or <laughs> Sean McVay to figure out the quarterback's messed right now. Come on, man. Should we do my notes as we wait for Hogue? You guys got any things you want to yell about? You want chest? me to yell some more? <laughs> What's that? You want me to yell some more? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here, here I actually they. got to see the notes, kid. Like, here constructive here they come. Time. This is great. Here they come. <laughs> Woot, these are for you. Um, <laughs> do you, you didn't bring your notes? No, in? I don't need them. Uh, They're you're, terrible. You're okay. My notes start out like this. Aiden Hutchinson, down goes D- Demo. Apparently he blew him up on the first play of the game. Um, two of the first three plays, Fields is it. Three of the first four, four of the first five, five of the first six. This, this is what I'm, like, I'm just, uh, I, I mean, I was hyper-focused on, is this dude going to die today and <laughs> thankfully he didn't but he came close a uh, 31 yard pitch with Cole Komets on here Joe Thomas you, you make the you made it a good form tackle once again every game Joe he led the team in tackles today 13 of them congratulations my brother um they were they had a late blitz on Amon St. Ra um who was a fourth round pick come on my friend Bob Wright with the touch of uh, Brock Wright excuse me Bob Wright uh Brock Wright Shout out, Bob Wright. Good friend of mine. Uh, Brock Wright, touchdown pass. Fields cracked in the second drive on the first play. 49 sacks, same as Russell Wilson. So we saw it, and, 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 and there was just no adjustment. We're just going to let him get hit. And then, of course, we get to the goal line, and they run him. Power. QB power, power, baby. When you, what were you doing at home when that happened, Woot? I was about to throw something at my new TV that I got uh, during the Black Friday deals. Then I reminded, hey, I got a really good deal on this, so let's not mess it up. But yeah, I was, I was just like, man, negligence on on your franchise QB. Oh yeah, let's run up QB power. That's where I was like done with it because mm-hmm. like I'm trying to be like, like look inward. I know I've been all about this top draft pick, so maybe I'm biased. I know I've been overly protective. I've been suggesting sitting Justin for weeks. But when they ran that QB power, I, that was I just started firing it off. I've been angrily yelling at people on Twitter ever since, <laughs> and I'm not going to stop. Which is on the notes. We'll get to that in a second. Oh. But on, on the on the on the on the best play of the game, the Fields run where he got something at the end of it. Braggs yelled out, "He is gone," and uh, and he wasn't. And he wasn't. And he wasn't gone. Now he wasn't actually caught from behind, but I do think. If we get if we dialed up the mile per hour speed gun on that, he's he wasn't running as fast as he was earlier in the year. Eighteen point five, probably eighteen point five. Not the twenty two. He wasn't doing twenty twos. Um, I wrote on there. Nick closed his game prep at that. Oh, oh no, Nick closed his game prop at that point. Moriano cashed oh, yeah. in right then. The, the I, did, yards, yeah. I did not cash in with my <laughs> Kari Blazin game. I got one one game left. You got it. They man. don't use them enough. Yeah, they don't. We had a Nikhil Harry sighting. was on the notes. Brock Wright with his second touchdown pass. We're going to have Hogan one second here. Um, Dom Robin Gibson, nice job. 
And then we 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 move along. Uh, Hogan Slack, by the way, at that point was <laughs> was saying, "I'll be taking apologies from all of you for calling me out for saying that the Bears had absolutely no chance of winning." We're about to, we're about to give Adam Hogue that apology. Um, <laughs> there was a million Moriano comments today. Oh my God, we are getting our ass whooped by the Lions. Was one of them. Uh, that's when Bragg yelled, Bragg's yelled, "Stop killing our quarterback!" Dante Pettis had a drop. Um, another Moriano. I thought they'd at least keep it close. <laughs> then I, I was doing the, the you know, the Lions were one and six at the start of the year. The Bears were two and one and three and four. And I'll, I'll wrap up the, the notes with the Bears calling timeout with 245 oh, left. God. Please tell me you asked about that, Adam Hogue. The ti- timeout, Chicago, so we can get some more of the hits principle in there. Adam Hogue joining us from Detroit. What did you learn in the locker room, Adam Hogue? Congratulations on knowing damn well that the Bears had no chance of winning this football game. And I apologize for Sorry. clipping that out to make sure we had it for the one sheer chance that we were going to get to celebrate and make you walk around Ford Field or at least feel guilty for not walking around Ford Field. You were right, sir. Yeah, some of us have been watching this defense on a weekly basis. Now – I will say I thought the Bears would score more points than they did. And honestly, um, that's what I'm more concerned about. Like, I get all the defensive stuff, and everybody looked terrible, and they weren't tackling. I it, Come on, there's two guys on that defense that are playing today that are going to be starters next year. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. I think there are some valid points about, hey, what about the hits principles and they're supposed to avoid games like this? And, yeah, they, I get that to a certain point, but – Really, I'm more concerned about the offense. And um, uh, I mean, let, here, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll start with the Flus admitting that they did have discussions in the middle of the game about taking Fields out, um, given how the game was going. He did say that they were having those discussions, and ultimately they decided that the, the value of in-game experience um, outweighed the risk. Um, and you guys aren't going to like this, but I kind of agree with them. Because I think, I I think, look, let me preface this saying everything I have to say, right? I love Justin Fields. I think he's the future. I think the passing stuff is going to come along. He didn't play well today, guys. He he held onto the ball way too long. He was not reading the field, and I get he was under pressure a lot. But you got to know when I, you know this, you got a timer has to go off on your, in, the, in your head. You have to know that at some point, even if you don't see him, a pass rusher is coming from behind you. Um, and, and there was a bunch of that today. So I, I, I understand that it didn't look great, but I, I, I could have gone today. I could have gone both ways with, it. I would have understood if they took him out. But at the same time, I also understand where the coaches are coming from, which is, you know, we got to figure this out. we got to figure out some of these connections between fields and the wide receivers. And if you get another opportunity with timeouts and two minutes left on the clock to try to get a two minute drill in there in real live game action, you, you don't pass on that opportunity. So I'm not against that as I know you guys all are. So Hogue, didn't you didn't you feel like his his body language after that one run? It just seemed like he wasn't the same after that. I don't know if his hamstring, his hip, seemed like they were stretching him on the sideline. He just didn't seem the same after that, like about anything out there on the field. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. It's like something seems off. Um, I think that there was a look. I'll tell you what I admire about what Field said post game, which which is 
you know, and Flew said the same thing. Fields was pushing to stay in there. And Fields says it's important to him, you know, that his teammates know that he's never going to come out of the game and he's going to take advantage of every opportunity he has to fight with those guys um, every time he gets a chance to go on the field. And, and I think that's something to be admired um, and respected in that locker room. I'm sure his teammates uh, feed off that. But at the same time, like, I did think that there were moments in this game where he he just wasn't feeling it and tossed the ball out of bounds when he maybe could have tried to, you know, to complete a pass. And, I'm, and maybe that's the right decision because you never want to force passes when they're not there. But something did seem off. And he was getting treatment at one point on his leg and hip. He said he got rolled up on earlier in the game, and then that's uh, kind of what he was dealing with. So I don't think – I will say this. He, he answered my, my pregame question about his speed. That seemed to be there on those long runs. But then I think he got dinged up again, and that kind of went back to, to him not being fully 100% the rest of the game. It's the same thing that Corey just said, Adams. Look, uh, on the long run, when he got up, something got tweaked, and then they're working on him on the sidelines, and from there his body language just changed. And I, I'm not saying he's a complete a finished product at all. He's, he hasn't thrown for over 300 yards once this year. He hasn't done it in his career. There, but, and we all know that part of that is because he hasn't had weapons, he doesn't have protection, so we're not putting it all on him. But, yes, he also needs reps. But the reason what, you know, that I was like, get him out of there is, is that he was dinged up, at least some, and then mentally he was gone. I appreciate the fact that he's a tough guy and that he wants his teammates to respect him. He's not going to be a prima donna and ask out, but that's where the coaching staff has got to protect the player from himself. I mean, he, if he's the one saying, get me out of here, it doesn't look great. But if the coaching staff does it, then, you know, that's, that's a different story. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just... I, I think you look at the situation and there was something to gain there. I mean, and, and, and I think it's not just him. I think it's the wide receivers too. I think it's, you know, the opportunity to build on, on these moments that you're not going to get again until the preseason next year. And what's more valuable, a two minute drill in week 17 against a team that's going to the playoffs or excuse me, has a chance to go to the playoffs or, you know, these limited reps you get against vanilla defenses in the preseason. I, I just think I think a lot of people are overlooking the amount of um, of growth that still has to come from the quarterback and the limited opportunities you still have this season to make progress in that area. Did, did anybody so, oh, say didn't you think he was taking too too many hits though? Like at one point, like as as a coach, if you're evaluating, you're like, man, he's taking too many hits. Like, I got, I got to pull him right now. That's what I thought. You know, if I'm yeah. the coach, I'm going to take him out after a certain point after he kept getting, you know, hit. Like the big yeah. one we have a big issue with, Adam, is the QB power run in the first half on the goal line. He had just taken, like, three hits prior to that. Then they call QB power to the right, and he runs into a complete brick wall. That's when I lost my mind personally. I just – I don't. how did you feel about when that play was called? Yeah, I know what play you're talking about, and I think there was, um, I think there was some pre-snap motion built in there. That if I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the I, I know what play you're talking about. I'm trying to think of what was happening pre-snap, but I think they were they dressed that up in a way where I actually thought the snap it was going to work, 
and and you know the Lions get paid too, guys, and and they they did a really good job uh, against him on that play, uh, other plays, and um, you know I it, it sometimes but there's no Adam. I mean, work. you're saying let's build chemistry with the receivers. You're in the red zone and you call QB power. He got you down there. Call some plays to work chemistry with your wide receivers. Sure. Yeah. Well, I hey. Mean, not was, crazy. was it was it addressed what happened at the end of the first half? Because you're you're sitting at the forty some odd yard line. It's an obvious you're going to throw a hail mary, and then I don't even know what happened. He just stayed, he, he he dropped back. He looked around and he threw the ball to Aiden Hutchinson. All right, so this was interesting because I feel like we got two different stories on this one. One from the players and one from that coach. Um, Cole Komet gave us a pretty detailed explanation of what that play was supposed to be and described it as uh, a situation where you complete a short pass. I don't know if it was supposed to be lateral to fields right away, but the play was designed to get the ball back into fields hands at some point there. So they, um, to the Lions' credit, just dropped everybody back and screwed everything up. And that's what Fields said. He's like, they weren't expecting them to drop that many guys back. Now, if you compare what I just told you to what Floof said, if you go back and listen to his press conference or read the quotes, it's very interesting because he was making it sound like they were trying to get in field goal position. And he said, when asked if they were expecting everybody to drop back, he said, yeah, we would have done the same thing. So two very different answers. Um, I think most likely the head coach is trying not to give away scheme. So I'm going to go off of what the players were saying. And the bottom line was the Bears had a different type of play call than just your normal, typical throw it up for a Hail Mary type deal um, versus and, – and the, and the Lions obviously dropped back and confused everybody. Now – Fields also, to his credit, not that, you know, this was a controversial statement, but said, yeah, I should have just thrown the ball away. He's I, he's like, I have no idea why I threw that ball. <laughs> you know, so, again, credit the Lions for out-scheming the Bears on that play. I, you know, and I, the explanation from Flus was a little confusing, but I think he was just probably trying to protect the play call. Yeah, we were all a little confused on, on that one, Adam, when we saw it happen yeah. live, and then Aiden yeah. Hutchinson's getting an interception there. What what happened with uh, Chase Claypool and you know Justin Fields' response to uh, uh, yeah what happened there? Okay, so I'll credit Kevin Fishbane here from the Athletic because he happened to see. I don't know if this got shown on TV or not, but he happened to see um, after a third down play, Claypool going off to the sideline and throwing his helmet and getting pretty animated, uh, including in the direction of Tyke Tolbert, the Bears' wide receivers coach. Um, and so he asked Fields about this in the postgame press conference. And, you know, Fields Fields was pretty passionate in his answer and, and was like, yeah, we can't have that, you know, and, 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 and told Chase Claypool that too and said, hey, look, you got you to gotta somehow keep these emotions inside. We all understand that things get heated in the middle of the games and things get frustrated. Every, everybody was frustrated today, right? Um, so a little bit of a leadership moment, I think, there from Fields. Um, with a new player on the team that's struggling and not getting many opportunities. Um, so, again, I didn't necessarily see exactly what happened, and we're just going off of Fields' 
response and his answer here. But, um, you know, I don't think it was a great moment for Chase Claypool and, you know, credit the quarterback, I guess, for kind of calming things down. Well, this is his history, though. It's not new for Chase. He, ha- he has mm-hmm. your intermittent blowups, and I get him being frustrated, but I also like Fields' leadership there. And, dude, you have not been healthy. No one's doing anything today. So let's not uh, – I, I, if they could rewind that trade right now, uh, there's no way that Ryan Poles is feeling good about that at this particular moment. Not that it won't work out. Hopefully it does. But right now it certainly doesn't look good. Yeah, but I'm worried, guys. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, even the way they used him today was confusing to me. To have him on a pitch count, but yet they were still running him on deep routes. And then it seemed like – as the game went along, they threw him out there more. It's just the whole thing was was confusing and and didn't really add up to just him being, you know, limited with an injury, which of course is what they're trying to. What, what Flu said after the game, yeah, we didn't know if he was going to go and all this, but like, I don't know. And I, this is just me speculating more than anything at this point. But I, I felt like it's it's more playbook related. So you know, oh, they, they, they I got a question a, for you. Oh yeah, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. You go ahead. No, I was just gonna you say. say I more. just I, early on in the game, it was they were only putting them really out there on like third down. So like the plays that you would have installed for third down, it, it just seemed like that mm-hmm. was like more of what the emphasis was with him. And sure, maybe it's snap related to the injury, but I don't know. I think part part of me is having a hard time buying that it's just that. Don't you think there's been some kind of disconnect between the training staff and the coaches, even from Jalen Johnson early on, and now Tevin Jenkins coming back and playing, Chase Claypool, even Justin Fields being a little banged up. Don't you think there's some kind of disconnect maybe between the coaching staff and the uh, the trainers? Like It seems like they're maybe not on the same page in, in certain regards, You know, judging from what we heard from Jalen Johnson early in the year. Yeah, and we talked about it at that time. Um, and I think that that was an example where, you know, the coach coaches could have protected the player more. And then there were other examples where they did do that. I want to say keeping Tevin Jenkins out uh, w- with the back was one of those things. Um, and then, yeah, I, I do think there's an inconsistency there. That's that's worth tracking going forward. I think there's guys. I think there's a lot of things about this coaching staff we still don't know. You know, how are they going to manage game clock situations when they're actually in these games late? You know, big big decisions like Ryan Day had to deal with last night in in that Ohio State Georgia game where he kind of I didn't really think that they handled the clock great to set up a, an easier field goal. Like these are all things we don't know yet. And we're not going to know for a long time, to be honest with you, at least until deep in the next season. 41 to 10, Adam Hogue's lone <laughs> travel for 2022, now 2023 season. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the second time I've covered a game where the Lions put up 40 on the Bears. <laughs> a um, 40 burger. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I think uh, one of the guys on this panel might have been playing in that other game too. But, uh... <laughs> it's the 2013 it was, right? So it's a, yeah, it's a it lot was. of bad stuff that happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I apologize for that. 
Hey, Adam, real quickly, what was the environment like? Like you said earlier in the pre the pre show, like you hadn't been to a lot of Lions games late in the year where it's actually relevant. So, what was the atmosphere like, knowing that they're they're still in the hunt for the playoffs? Yeah, good question, Nick. And um, it it was kind of what I thought it would be. It was pretty loud. It was a, it was a good environment. And uh, I asked Sam Mustafer that in in the locker room after the game because he's. He's uh, as a center, obviously has to deal with that, with the silent count and all that. And it, it and it, it looked like to me a few times where Fields was trying to, he's in shotgun, he's trying to run back up to the line and yell something to his to his offensive lineman from behind, and it's just so loud. And um, yeah, Sam said it was it was definitely the loudest he's heard the building. Um, he's played in a couple games here. I think he's been on the sidelines for a couple others. Um, so it was a factor today. And uh, again, I think that that goes back to experience um, and, you know, so, some things to learn from that the Bears uh, have plenty to learn from today. By the way, another player too, um, Braxton Jones struggled, right? And he was very critical of his own play. We talked to him after the game and he was very critical. I thought his pad level was too high, too much. And um, you could tell he was, he was kind of down and you just – Hope that that's not like a, a it turns into a confidence issue, right? Because you don't you don't want uh, guys too down on how they play. But it's also nice when they recognize it. And you know, he, I, I think today was um, something he can get better from, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little concerning when you when you look at next week who who will be going against Daniel Hunter, right? And uh, yeah. probably the biggest freak of nature in, in the NFL and. James Houston today, like I told you beforehand, he's very talented pass rusher. He's only six foot, maybe 245, 250. To get absolutely manhandled by him is very concerning for me. Um, Montez Sweat, I, I get it early in the year. He's a big, big guy. He's 6'6", 270. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a little concerning to get manhandled by Houston like that. Yeah, Adam, I think I, – Yeah, just sorry, real quick following up on that. I think today um, – sort of opens up the door for me of the idea of whether it's in free agency or the draft. If you, if you have the opportunity to add a stud cornerstone left tackle, I, I think you'd Skaronsky do it. Maybe and, from Northwestern. Ooh. Yeah. And, and not that you give up on Braxton Jones, but maybe you see a Braxton yeah. Jones can maybe be your right tackle then. Uh, real, real quick, Adam, just for, just to get your opinion on this. When you spoke on, your belief that Justin should have played in the second half, you preface it by saying that you believe in Justin, you like Justin, you think he's going to be a good quarterback. But the question I laid to these guys before you came on was, you know, normally in that situation, especially in the fourth quarter, a good for playoff teams, the starter's getting taken out. A proven quarterback, the starter's getting taken out. Do you think, like, yeah, they said they wanted him to get more reps, but do you think... In their mind, he's not proven to them, or is it strictly about the ref, the reps, and not about that they believe one hundred percent he's their guy? Well, he's not proven. I mean, I I think that's where we've we've sort of all gotten out over our skis a little bit too much. I I mean, he is electric. He's a talent that you can't replicate really across the league. Um, but from a passing standpoint, he's still got to come around there, guys. And, and so I, I realize what you're asking me, Bragg. So I think it's, but it's, it's not that simple. 
Do I think that he's proven enough to them to be the guy going forward? Yes, I do. I don't think that that they're not looking at quarterback at two. Yeah, I, I that would surprise me. I'm not going to rule it out completely, but that would surprise me. But that's different from having another two minute opportunity late in the football game against a division rival. Granted, things weren't going well, but these are live reps. These are live reps that matter with the wide receivers out there that that like Chase Claypool that you need to figure out if can they get open in these situations too. So he's not proven. He's not a proven quarterback. And and I I think that that's something that we have to start differentiating between, yes, he's the guy everyone's excited about for the future, but from a rep standpoint, he's still got to show everybody, uh, you know, a lot more sometimes. The Claypool part of this whole conversation, I wonder just slightly. I'm not saying that I would bet on it, but I do wonder if they might consider moving him in the offseason. Just, well, I, I wonder. I just, just a slight wondering. Maybe get a take your loss. Get a draft pick for him. Didn't fit, didn't work out here. We'll take a third. Anybody? I. Yeah, maybe. I'd rather. I think I'd rather try to give him an offseason to to see if he can get his stuff together within this offense and see what you can get from him. Real, real quick, let me give you one example too of what I was just talking about. Okay, because I got heat on this on Twitter. There was there was a third down incompletion to Byron Pringle that Pringle didn't even have a chance to catch the ball. Okay. Pre-snap, Fields correctly, to his credit, saw the blitz coming. And I don't know if it was an option, but he motioned Claypool in. The running back had his assignment. The blitz should have been picked up cleanly. But, Clay, but excuse me, Herbert, Khalil Herbert, kind of got on him for a second and then lost him. Okay. And... Fields throw wasn't close enough for his receiver to make a play on the ball. And everyone's like, oh, well, what's he supposed to do? He's got pressure, the the, the blitz thing. Okay, but here's the thing. It's the NFL, okay? And you have to, in situations like that, where not everything's perfect, at least give your wide receiver a chance. I'm not saying it has to be a dart that's completed, but you can't throw a foul ball out of bounds that the wide receiver has no chance of getting. Okay, so when I say these 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 moments that he still got to prove himself, that's an example of one where yes, I understand everything's not perfect. The old line's not good. The wide receivers aren't that good. But still in those moments, give your wide receiver a chance to prove himself. A foul ball out of bounds does no good there. It doesn't give anybody a chance to evaluate anything. I didn't have a problem with the tweet. I saw that you got heat on it, but ball, ball, ball was ball was thrown ten yards deep into the nearly into the stands. It w- it wasn't his best throw of the day, and it wasn't a throwaway. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was you know so no, you overshot him. Um, all right, travel safe. We'll see you back here tomorrow in this seat at noon. I'll be there. Congratulations on. Correctly calling it, the Bears had absolutely no chance to beat the Detroit Lions today, or two percent, or a two percent chance. Come on, guys! You know what? And honestly, me and Nick picked him. Me and Nick picked him. Yeah, twenty-seven, last, twenty-five, last twenty-seven, twenty-four. Now. How embarrassing is that? Dead last. Come on, Wooch. These guys know better, right? I mean, what are I know? What's come on? Detroit. 
Detroit's coming off a bad loss last week. They're fired up. They got to win these two next games. Come on. You can't bet on Dan Campbell. I'm sorry that I remember that they should have beaten the Lions at home. I'm sorry that I was uh, I was told that this was a huge divisional game. I'm sorry that I thought the Lions might wilt under the pressure like they did last week against Carolina. I'm sorry that I got confused that the Bears were playing best in the NFL to a one-score game in the fourth quarter against the Buffalo Bills and didn't realize that I guess that was all about the weather. Uh, I <laughs> What a this was this 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 was like pre-commanders level bad. This was a bad one today. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I think that this is probably a worse loss than that. I mean, this yeah. is yeah. It was by far the worst loss of the year. Every game they've Domination. competed in, with the exception of the Jets game, this was the worst. But but again, like I, I I'm not necessarily too worried about the defense giving up what they did. I it's I'm disappointed that ten points when you had. This is as healthy as you've been on offense. To me, the only comp carm to that first Lions game, because teams change so much during the season, is just from a personnel standpoint, I thought that they were in position offensively to do something similar that they did that day. I thought the defense would give up too many points for them to win or have a realistic chance to win. But for it to look that bad offensively was was very, very concerning. And we mentioned earlier, and we're going to wrap up the show here, but, like, I just don't get it. Greatest team in the history of the NFL on that first drive. They're amazing. Let's go right <laughs> down that up. field. Best we're, in the NFL. Rest of the game, can't do shit. Respectfully, because I love each and every one of you, so I'm going to try not to scream like I have been for the last four hours. But I mean, Adam, you say I'm. I don't. I'm not as worried about the defense because they have no defensive line. They have no offensive line. Guys, we're getting. Devin Jenkins goes out with the first play. Schofield's out. All these. They have a bunch of backups to backups playing the offensive line. They gave up seven sacks. He's taking all these hits. So in the same breath that you say, uh, you know, I, I'm not as worried about the defense. Give this man a pocket. Not. A hundred percent of the time, it's not always going to be clean. The other team gets paid too, but seven sacks—that's not—that's not something that's sustainable to expect Justin Fields to develop as a pocket passer either. And yes. I believe he is a pocket passer. He just started running this year. Get him a pocket, and I think we'll start seeing some of the things that we all want to see. Yeah, I'm with Hendricks. Just script the whole game then. You can script the start of the game. Let's script. <laughs> let's script drive two. Let's script drive three. Let's just. I hate to break. I hate to break it to you guys. The first three plays were horrible. They got bailed out. They got bailed <laughs> yeah. out by a defensive the holding penalty. Ball. And then, yeah, and then, right. And then, yeah. And then Justin did what Justin did with his legs. I mean, there, it, it, the the one great call was the pitch mm-hmm. from Cole Komet to Fields off the tight end sneak that they called a couple weeks ago. Okay, that was a great. That's plays on plays. That was a great call. Great design. Otherwise. I'm not even sure that the success they had early was due to anything, you know, that was schematically all that great. I think it was it, it was a, a bailout on a penalty and the quarterback doing special stuff that he's capable of doing. So it was basically luck. All right. <laughs> Let's go Colts. Let's go Colts. Uh, all right. Adam, travel safe. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. All right. Woot. We love you. 
See you guys tomorrow, my man. Uh, Adios. Brick I guess by we don't brick, really have to baby. say goodbye to because Woot's on the show and we're all saying goodbye, but I guess we are saying goodbye to Woot. <laughs> Bye, gone. Nick. He's gone. Bye, Mark. Bye, Greg. Bye, Greg. Bye, Joey. One more Bye, week. See you guys. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. Thanks so much for all the comments today. Happy New Year. Thanks for – this was a good group therapy session today for the uh, – Whatever that was in Detroit. Let's go Colts. Better days ahead. Let's go Colts. All right. There it is. Uh, For Chase Claypool, I'm Mark Herman. This has been CHGO Bears (laughs) postgame.